Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. In this episode, we will talk about one part of the research plan that I covered in the episode specifically on the research plan. If you didn't listen to this episode yet, I highly encourage you to do so. You will be able to understand better this episode because this this is in this episode that I cover all the specific parts of the research plan. And quickly, just as a reminder, research background, problem statement, research questions, hypotheses, project goal, scope, participants recruitment, methodology, timeline, and so on. But the main parts are these ones. And today I want to talk about a topic that I particularly enjoy because this is the topic at the root of my passion for UX research, which is the problem statement. So usually the problem statement is not the first category you put inside a research plan. It depends. Everyone can do as they prefer and depending on the company, depending on your preference. But usually the first category that should go in a research plan is, is the research background because it will it will provide the reader context into um, context such as why are you conducting this research? Why is it necessary? And why should we care about this research? But today, I didn't want to cover research background. That will be for another episode. Today, we will cover the problem statement. The problem statement is the most crucial part, in my opinion, of the job of a UX researcher. And that is what in my opinion, distinguishes UX researchers from UX designers. I do not mean in terms of skills. I just mean in terms of focus. As UX researchers, we are passion, passionate with um, understanding people and also understanding how people interact with products, with services, with technology. And so this understanding has to culminate to a problem. Why? Why is this so important? Because any innovation, any service, any product should, ser- should serve a need. Should serve a need and, and deeper than that, I would say, should answer a problem, should solve a problem. And that is why so many, so many companies fail. It's because, and you can say, I'm not tackling specifically, I'm not talking specifically about startups. I'm also talking about a really um, solid companies that then fail to serve their customers because they fail to identify the problem or they fail to continuously discover more about the problem. They think they know it all and they rely on their assumptions. So that is a really, really dangerous path to take. Um as a company and then I don't want to get too much into the into the the opinions here but in my opinion it's more common more often than not you will find companies that are not so customer centric why because you can you can tell by their choice of of rationale behind the innovation their 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 reasoning behind the innovation If the innovation, meaning here a new feature being developed and put on the market or or, um, a new product, a new service, if the rationale behind that when you ask the product managers or 
the business stakeholders, they tell you, well, it's because we see that competitor doing it. Or it's because, yeah, we think it looks cool and why not? You know, I'm exaggerating here. Of course, it's more complicated than that. And I'm not, and I'm not devaluating the skills of product managers and business owners and, and, and the like. Of course not. I'm just saying it's a tendency. It's, it's a tendency around us to favor intuitions. And I'm not saying sometimes, I'm not saying it doesn't work. It, it will work sometimes, but more often than not, it will not of course. And so that is why problem statement, the problem statement is something of so much importance to me because this is really why we are hired as UX researchers uh, as freelance or as in a company or whatever whatever the, the working model. But that is why we're here because we, we are here to be the voice of the user and by voice of the user, we mean relying, um, having the company rely on the problem statement we identified before moving forward to make sure we are answering a real need and not iterating based on iterating and ideating and, and creating pro uh, products and services based on assumptions. And so... I hope I made my point across. Um, I will write an, arc an article on this, specifically on this, because this is a topic that I particularly like. Um, and I oftentimes say, you should fall in love with the problem and not with a solution. So if you don't know what is the difference between a problem and a solution, and, and believe me, it's not that easy. Um, when we are into the job for a long time, we, yeah, we, we, we agree on the definition and macro level, when, when you de-zoom, of course, we know the difference between a problem and a solution. But when you, you get into the specifics of the job, when you get into the specifics of uh, presenting insights and recommendations and so on, it's very, very easy to slip from the problem to the solution, from the pain point to the solution. It's very easy. Or when you communicate with stakeholders and you are um, you are transmitting some information about the user. It's also very easy to to sneak in some solution or to be biased about a solution. For instance, a product manager comes to you, and again, nothing against product managers, but it's just that this this is how um, this this is the the intermediate by which we receive the requests in general. So. In general, you have a stakeholder coming to you saying, oh yeah, um, I, I think I will implement this feature and I need some research on that. So, and, and, and there is no discovery research being done before, for instance. And so how can you prove that this, this feature would serve a need and would help the user? Um, so this is the kind of conversation that when you hear this kind of, of phrasing, that shows that um, some reasoning is more solution-centered and not necessarily problem-centric or, or, or user-centered, which is okay because a product manager also has to think about solutions, of course. But my, my point here, because this, this episode is about, is about UX research specifically, um, my point here is that it's the job of UX researchers 
to focus on the problem and not the solution. So if we think about the double diamond process, so we diverge, then we converge, then we diverge again, and then we converge ultimately, and then we iterate, okay? So the UX researcher should work on this first diamond specifically, which is we diverge, we start by discovering about the user, um, we, we, we put forward some hypothesis and then we validate or invalidate them through research. We also discover a lot of insights and then we synthesize them, which is the convergent part, into a problem statement. This first diamond being discovery research, of course. Um, it's not set in stone everything. It depends on, the, on your conditions. It depends on, 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 on a lot of things, on the state. When you arrive in a team, for instance, on the, on the state of the development of a product and so on and so on. But, but the thing is, the UX researcher should focus in general in the first part of the diamond. Then there is, this is, this is uh, partly true because then there is a second part. In the second part, you can do evaluative research. But I mean, this first part of the diamond is really something on that who, sorry, which should be tackled by the UX researcher. My point being, if this is not tackled by the UX researcher, no one will. This, this is the point. So this is why it's so, so important. And so, yes, as a UX researcher, you should fall in love with the solution, with the, sorry, with the problem and not the solution, which is uh, super important because identifying a problem is 95% of identifying the solution. So the solution is really defined by the problem. When you have the problem, then it, it's so easy. It's so easy to identify a solution. You don't have to think a lot. The solution will, will come naturally to you. Um, so, okay, but now getting into the specifics. What are examples of problems, problem statements, how to, how to identify a problem? So I follow a framework to do that. Um, though, so this is something that I identify by running discovery research, discovery research being, being um, carried in general with, with um, in-depth interviews, for instance. So it's more qualitative, um, qualitative in nature, of course. Um, and so you will have interviews, you can have some diary studies. It depends on your, on your problematic. And I will cover an episode. I will cover that in another episode just on research methods. But the point being, um, you will run more qualitative research because you are hunting for insights. You, you don't know what you should know. That's the thing. You need information. What is the only way you can have information? is by talking to people. And what you need are words. The data you need is words. It's not a measure. It's not how much, how many, um, and so on and so forth. You need, you need words. Someone explaining to you what is the pain point? When is this happening? Where is this happening? So I'm already um, covering a bit the, the, the parts of a problem. So there are a lot of frameworks to define problem statements, but in general, as you want to be as user-centric as possible, you will have several dimensions, but all are revolving around your user, your end user. So first of all, of course, who is your user? Who is the, the end user? 
what characterizes them. So for that, of course, you might consider some demographics if this is useful, if this is impacting the problem statement. So imagine if you say, I don't know, a grandparents uh, have this problem related, I don't know, to a um, financing, fi uh, financial planning, sorry, personal finance. If you say the grandparents have this issue and of course a, a parents have a different issue and young adults have a different issue. Well, this is why the who is important. So in this case, for instance, you will have some demographics, uh, in this case specifically, the family composition, of course. But you can have other other variables. So the age can be, can be something of importance. You will have a different kind of problem experience by teenagers compared to young adults, for instance. So yes, demographics can be important, but it's not the only thing. So when I say the who, you will want to characterize your users, meaning their habits, um, their behavior that they are doing, and so on and so forth. So who are they? Um, what are their habits? Um, what do they fancy? What, I don't know, a, a, everything that characterizes your user. This is the who. Then you will have, then you will have the what. And the what is basically what is the problem? What is currently the problem experienced by your users? It's as simple as that. So in general, it's a pain point, it's a frustration and so on. Um, so yeah, what is actually the problem? And then there are a lot of resources related to difference between a problem and a pain point. Uh, what is a valid problem statement, what is a problem statement that is worth exploring, what is a problem statement that is not worth exploring depending on business, depending on the market demand, um, the reach you can have in the market. This is a different, although related, but this is a different consideration. When you're working in a team as a UX researcher, usually these priorities are 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 decided for you um, upper in management. It doesn't mean you shouldn't get involved if you can. The, the more you are, the better, to be honest, because you will have more clarity on the problem. But usually you're being handled a, re handled a request by stakeholders and then you have to identify the problem statement. And if the problem statement is not given to you, this is, this is basically, what you should do is basically what I'm telling you in this episode which is carrying discovery research, identifying the who and the what, what is the problem experienced by the who, which is the user. And then you have also other dimensions that cover um, the, the other parts of the problems, of the problem, sorry, which can be the when. So when is the problem experienced? So it can be at a moment in time, uh, during the day, during, I don't know, the month. It depends on, on your time scale, but when? Uh, what is the frequency? Is it every day? Is it multiple times a day? And so on. Uh, it can be also a step in a journey. So for instance, if I'm doing my groceries, when is it? Is it when I'm searching, looking for something inside the grocery store? Is it when I'm doing my payment? And so on. Then we have the where. Um, where does it happen? So I don't, I, I, if you consider an app, it can be where on what screen and, and on what part of the screen, for instance. It can be as specific as that. 
it can be uh, if if you consider several areas inside inside your home, in in what in what room, whatever. This is the idea of where is the problem happening. Um, then you have um, the why. Why is this problem happening? So this is a very tricky dimension. Um, sometimes you do not know. And by the way, this is this is a topic that I wanted to cover, which is when you're defining, so in general, when you're writing your research plan, the problem statement is one part of the research plan. If you listen to my other episode, you'll remember that I said the, pro the problem statement is one part of the research plan. The thing is, when you run discovery research, you run discovery research to identify your research plan. So it's a chicken and egg problem here. So you might feel like, okay, I need my, my problem statement, but I need to run research to discover it. Yes, this is perfectly normal. And this is why discovery research exists. And this is at this step. And this is one of the rare moments when you are, um, when you are allowed to make some assumptions. So that's the point. So for instance, you can say the why we think that it happens because and because in the because of course you should justify uh, you should justify as much as possible with analytics with customer behavior with I don't know data from call centers reviews from the app store whatever so here you should justify of course if you cannot you can leave it blank and this is of course the goal of the discovery research is to refine your problem statement you're allowed of course to refine any part of the problem statement this is why discovery research is conducted. But here, basically, it's the why. Why is the problem happening in the first place? Also, you can include why is this important? Why this problem should be tackled uh, for the end user and maybe also for the business. And finally, we have the how. The how is basically how are customers or users, end users, currently dealing with the situation? What are they doing right now? Um, I don't know if this is about personal finance maybe we can say an overall problem statement as an example can be young adults don't know how to manage their finances so you have the young adults is the who the problem statement is is the what uh, particularly at the end of the month so you have the when um, the where you can I don't know this is a totally totally random example but you you can you can think that um, when they're about to make a payment for their grocery at the end of the month well the payment doesn't go through whatever uh, so this this can happen um, and, and you can say so the why you can say because they didn't have a proper education around this uh, during during their during their um, classes um, during the trainings and and the how you can say how are they managing that right now uh it can be i don't know they 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 remind it they they make the calculations mentally or they try to gauge mentally how much they have left in the account and then you can complete when when you write a problem statement this is an iterative problem this is an iterative process you write it alone but you get feedback from the team and you reiterate reiterate again because when you write this for instance here we can see um, yeah probably young adults make assumptions as to what is the amount of money that they have left um, okay and making assumptions is problematic because 
and then you can iterate on the why because the why is why is it important as well so this is the point you have these dimensions the framework is called 5wh1 for who what why when where and how and when we, when you identify this um these six dimensions you would have a problem statement that is pretty solid and when you don't it means you need to do more discovery research so that is it for the episode of today about the problem statement i hope you liked it as much as i did when i recorded it and remember problem statement is one part of the research plan so more episodes are coming although i still believe as i said multiple times that the problem statement is the most important part this justifies iterations uh, new solutions coming to the market this justifies the need for research in my opinion this justifies everything so that's why it's so important and so try to fall in love with the problem and not the solution and that is it for the episode of today um, thank you for listening don't forget to tune in for the next episode if you like the show please subscribe activate the notifications and feel free to share the show to friends colleagues anyone you think might be interested and of course rate the show if you like it and see you in the next episode bye bye